Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Dave from the Hoo-Ha Group and you are listening to Living the Dream, the podcast of the Hoo-Ha Group. Today we're talking to some comrades from a city, from an area that is synonymous with the struggle for working class autonomy, Port Kembla in Wollongong. I'm going to be having a chat today with Alexander about some of the struggles that have been happening around here and on campus against the budget. You might hear uh, Rach, Mel, Mark, Caroline and Arlo at various different periods dropping by. Technically, we have a hashtag. I can't remember what it is. I think it's hashtag LTR Radio so, or LTD Radio um, if you want to check that out. You can always follow us on our blog at thewordfromstrugglestreet.wordpress.com. So let's ha- we're going to throw on a track and then we'll get into the interview. your day goes so far so good uh, Alexander I was wondering if you could you've been involved in a group called uh, University of Wollongong or UOW Uncut yep can you explain to us a little bit about how that group came about and what it's all what it's all about well it came about out of two kind of main impetus one was I mean sorry obviously the federal budget but then two kind of responses one was the student um, protest last year mm-hmm. uh, sorry last semester which seemed to be going off all over the place and I thought wow, you know, this budget stuff is really um, affecting people and people are, are organising around it. I'd like to be a part of that. Then the, the local trade union uh, body, the South Coast Labor Council, called um, a Bust the Budget meeting as part of the general kind of union Bust the Budget campaign. Um, so some of us who are sort of around the campus, casual staff um, and students, many both, um, like myself, decided we should do something there on campus where we are mm-hmm. and started meeting sort of before the session to try and organise a forum. Yeah, that's where it came from. Okay, well, have there been much stuff that had been happening before Forming Uncut that had brought people together, that already established a kind of series of relationships that allowed this to happen? Yeah, absolutely. I What's mean, been going on on Wollongong campus? Well, a few different things. But my personal involvement... Um, was conversations around trying to do something with casual, for casuals. I'm a casual, uh, le- you know, casual tutor, as well as at the end of my PhD, or trying to get to the end of my PhD. Um, and there's a number of people who've been working casually, um, some for many years at Wollongong, who wanted to talk about 
I don't know how we might make it better because it's pretty rough. Um, you know, there's no obviously no security of, of tenure, but there's also I mean, that's kind of a given, but there's just so many things that are wrong with it. So there was conversations happening there. The union initiated a casuals network, which some of us had thrown a bit of energy into and tried to get going. Quite a lot of interest, hard to know how to take that forward. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking about doing a forum for that when all this stuff came up. So a number of us in that casuals network really was, was the first kind of already organised grouping to kind of just move into this uncut stuff and then connected with all kinds of people really. I mean the NTU were quite supportive, the various, um, and I, I've joined since joined the NTU branch committee at the university. Uh, then the student, um, it has actually been hard to directly organise with student, with undergraduate students through this. It may be because those of us who initiated it are not undergraduate students and hence we're just in a bit of a different um, place, but also because I think a lot of those, the organised um, stuff that the undergrad students are involved in, uh, they're already doing. Okay. So the things that are going on on campus are the University Feminist Society, which organises a weekly free school among us. A weekly of, free school? Yeah. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, they've been doing that since the beginning of last year when the uh, gender studies program at Wollongong was cut and they decided to try and resist that by organising their own. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe initially they started off sort of doing it maybe to put pressure on the university, but it's taken on a life of its own. And they also organise things like Consent Week. They have this thing called Consent Week where they, they have, you know, information about consent, get talks in about how to respond to rape crisis and things like that. So that grouping, um, we connected with people with that. We connected a little bit with people. Uh, there's also the, the queer students. They are quite active in, in their own... Um, they have a space, mm -hmm. organising that space, and, and I'm not super familiar with what, what they do, but various activities around the, the all-sorts um, collective in the queer space. And the student union. You know, the student union is a very small um, organised group at Wollongong these days, but nevertheless those who were involved, who are involved in it got behind um, Uncut in different ways. So mm -hmm. we tapped into that. We tapped into the sort of union networks, casual staff networks and various student networks. Um, on campus. And the people involved in, my impression is that the people involved in the Uncut group have been in Wollongong for a large, long time. Yeah. And have some, a series of accumulated yeah. kind of contacts and relationships with people. Is that a, a fair enough assessment or? It's a bit of a mix. So some, some of us, yes, have been in Wollongong a long time and had a lot of connections. Others were are newer to the area, mm -hmm. but maybe um, are organised, you know, we've got people in socialist organisations, for example, who are therefore organised nationally and particularly with the Sydney stuff going on in Sydney. So we we had this forum which was quite successful. We had about fifty or sixty people. We got a lot of media coverage. So what was the how was the forum framed? Can you just describe how the forum was framed and it was what the purpose called, of it? Was it was called UOW Cuts and You and the idea was to try and bring what the cuts would actually be for UOW people, whatever their relationship to the university was. Um, so we had basically three speakers who were asked to speak five minutes <laughs> try and keep the speaking part short. Um, so I spoke about casual issues. We had a student speak about student issues and um, someone from the National Tertiary Education Union. And then we had a sort of facilitated discussion afterwards where various people put forward sort of things they'd like to do. And I think 
you know, it was very good to get everyone together. It was not so clear from that what we could, what, I think there were different directions people wanted to go to. And I think the, this is where I think we've run into the problems. Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, please. I think what's become clear to me is that it's very, un, what, what's become clear is that it's unclear what the uh, actual goal of this kind of movement is. So what's the vision that is being articulated through, through the Buster Budget stuff sort of really has come apart because I think the unions have just so narrowly focused it on a Labor election campaign. So this was the Buster Budget group that was formed the by broader, the South Coast sorry, Labor yeah. Council? Well, uh, I don't so much mean the, the local group only, but the whole, you know, national Buster Budget, ACTU, Unions New South Wales, etc., and the various local versions of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it a pro, really it's a pro gone labor. anywhere. It's had no. a, yeah, it's had a, you know, they had some successful rallies, but they're obviously strongly averse to that taking on its own self-organised direction, so hasn't really gone anywhere. The student thing, um, I think, is a bit more lively, especially in, in Sydney. But, again, I'm not sure what it is that we're trying to fight for and what it is we're fighting against. For example, well, I think maybe the against part's clear, but what is it about? What's it for? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you... Are you just trying to save the university from more cuts? Well... We all know cuts will make things worse, but things are already quite bad. I mean, I tutor, and students are disengaged, despondent, and despairing. And, you know, I see very little in the institution other than my my small wage that I really want to preserve Mm -hmm. as an institution. It's not, you know, providing... It's not playing a great social role. I mean, the the intellectual work in it is is very inward-looking, very unconnected to the community... Um, to va- you know the values and struggles and, and issues that are, are important to the community. It's already very corporatized. Student unionism, you know, is very has always been incredibly dominated by Labor and now Green and of course Liberal, and then other you know organized political groups more or less jockeying for position. And it's a training ground for people to prove themselves for their jobs in those political apparatuses, right? Yeah, I think often is. Yeah, so. It's, it's become very hard to for me personally to know where to go from here, I guess. Is the Uncut Group still meeting? or? Uh, yes, we've just, we're just deciding now whether we're going to organise something else this session. Of course, it's also hard in any university. Once you get past about halfway point through the session, everyone mm. gets busier. Uh, it's harder to get students you know, when there's assignments and everything due. But we may organise another action this, this semester. So in another forum or do you imagine a protest or, well, or is this part of the problem about it's unclear how, speaking personally, mm. I think, okay, there's a lot of activity that's happened around the budget, yeah. but to contest the budget as the budget mm. really means trying to intervene on a parliamentary terrain yes. where if you're outside the main political apparatuses, you have no, yeah. it really you can't, can't do anything. You can cheer along Palmer or the ALP or the Greens, but that's about what you know, yeah. And the other attempt, I guess, is to try to contest in the spaces that we live the specific effects of the elements of the budget. Yeah. But you don't really frame that as opposing the budget, right? That's about contesting lived conditions and lived spaces. Yeah. And but I don't I, really know what that means practically either. Well, I don't either. I mean, that that was definitely what motivated us to do a Wollongong University group as opposed to just. Um, I mean, some some friends and people involved in Uncut 
were involved in, in the trade union organised um, uh, bust the budget campaign. But they've been pretty critical of that. You know, it has our comrades yeah, have been fairly critical of that. Sure. But, um, the, you know, we wanted to do the university because, well, at least then we could, as you say, it's the terrain of, of your life. That's where quite a lot of us spend quite a lot of time working and or studying. Mm. And so we thought, oh, at least, you know, then we can connect it to that. But the problems of the university system, I'm having really been immersing myself in this for some months, I don't feel I've got any closer to trying to work out what's the best course of action to intervene. It's, it's hard to know where to intervene in a system that's so bureaucratic mm. that it appears to be almost unsalvageable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like because it, I, I, I think there's some kind of discussion that's happening out there that a lot of the campaign, a lot of the struggles against the effects of the budget work by glossing over the problems of the already existing things we have in life. Yeah. You know, it either kind of casts universities or public institutions as some kind of like social democratic paradise when our lived experience in them is that social democracy ended a long time ago anyway and these things are unpleasant, in crisis, exploitative, bureaucratic kind of institutions too. You know, can we locate, mm. no, can we locate a communist potential in these everyday struggles? Yeah, I, I, so to continue along the theme, what, what's happened kind of during and since then is I started talking to some friends who are not really, um, no, none of them are at, at uni other than myself, about what we could do. And we decided to organise a protest called Bike Against the Budget. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, the, the, obviously the slogan's basically the same. It's just no budget. But... There's a few differences. One is that it's I turn to my friends mm. um, and I think, you know, I mean, the people I've been working on campus are friends too, but I've been spending a lot of time in Japan lately and sort of observing how people organise there around the anti-nuclear movement and one of the, the strong uh, things is the importance of friendship groups and close relations, I guess, of solidarity that develop both sort of in and out of overt struggles, mm. but primarily arise, you know, your relationships out of the daily struggle of, of living in, in a society which is very um, oppressive often. So, you know, we've been, we have these regular gatherings at a friend's house and we kind of talk about, we do talk about work and the problems we're facing at, at work and we blow off steam and have some fun and, and, and celebrate life, dance around and be silly. And in that space, we started talking about bike against the budget. So there's a, already a different atmosphere there. It's already building on strong relationships. And there's also a creative element there that I think has been certainly something I'd like to do at uni, but um, has been lacking in general from a lot of the budget stuff. So, mm. you know, the bikes, we're going to try and have a music trailer to tow along with one of the bikes and try and get silly streamers and things like that. You know, in, in a sense, it's not more, you know, going to, instantly knock the budget over but the point is to try and we feel like there's no way of protesting you know in Wollongong these days it doesn't feel stayed and mm. like you're repeating the same failed strategies and the kind of people who are you, you would think would be interesting young people are concerned about issues um are not interested in, in just beating their head against the brick wall anymore. Well, so these, how I, do you do it? Yeah, that's, I think that's a really interesting question because 
for those, you know, I think part of emancipatory politics has always been the idea of gathering um, people together in, in large groups, you yeah. know, as a central point. And we've both experienced demonstrations, moments which have been powerful and transformative yeah. and, you know, have shifted life in those moments. Yes. I'm trying to think, why does that happen one time? And then why do rallies now feel stayed, like death marches, yeah. like, like, a, like a moment of collective impotency, you know, that you... Like I had conversation with friends at one rally and, you know, the, the cynicism of close comrades, you know, like one of them was saying, we don't even, why do we come? We don't even listen to the speeches. And the other comrade responds, because we already know what they're going to say, right? And the, you're there out of some kind of moralism, but you're cynical about what's going on. Why is it that sometimes collective action is empowering? Mm. Particularly the stuff that I've seen you experience when I was in Japan and seen you write about. It's yeah. so inspiring. But why is it now often so... So stayed is is something, and it can comrades do something that changes that, or a collective experience is always in some ways kind of random, out of our control, and so I don't know. It's something I've been really wrestling with quite a lot. I think it's interesting though that you just said that you know you're turning at the rallies to your friends, and okay, maybe it's cynicism that you're sharing, but it's. It's always on those edges, you know, like, okay, there's been a rally. If it's boring speeches, it must have been organised by not you, but by people that you don't have that much in common with, probably. That's the usual experience. But it's often in that edge space um, where the good shit happens anyway. And I think the most important thing about any kind of rallies, really, is the people getting together. That's the most important thing. So you don't have to do that through a rally is, the, is one thing. But if you're going to do it, rather than worrying about, you know, I mean, I think this was one of the great strengths of Occupy, their refusal of demands and their concentration on the experience of being together as being pro- pretty much the main political practice. It, one of the groups that's really interesting in Japan that kind of came out of the late 90s, the group called Dameden. And Dameden means... Um, the, the League of the Useless People or the League of, of Near-to-Wells, one person translated out, I quite like that one. You know, Dame means useless or stupid or, or no. Um, and people, you know, if you, you, mean, you say to a child, Dame to say, don't do that. But also people, people can be, you know, described as Dame, they're useless. And in the 90s, you know, a lot of people were feeling like if they weren't, you know, productive sort of full-time workers... They were kind of useless, and they were they were being positioned increasingly in a neoliberal discourse as as a as a sort of a waste of the society. And what they did was they just basically their main political strategy and practice was was this idea of cord you, and it really just means intercourse, discourse, mingling. And so they'd organise just basically get together and talk about their lives and talk about shit, not with, not with trying to come up with a solution, really, more just about sharing the space. And one of the practices for which they're quite famous is sort of turning up at the end of rallies because after the rally, people usually go drinking and they weren't interested in those same boring speeches that you're talking about, but they did want to meet people and talk about uh, issues and be with each other. And I think... This is one of the sort of threads of uh, ideas that has fed into what has now become a very vibrant and powerful movement because I think it provided that space for critical reflection and solidarity that builds strong relationships. Even though a standard left perspective would often deny that as being anything to do with politics or anything with transforming the world, isn't it? Yeah. 
All right. Well, Alexander, you have to run off to work. That's right. Uh, so we're going to have to call this short. But thank you very much for um, participating in the interview. Uh, when is Bike Against the Budget meant to be happening, or is it just it's unfolding? The fifth of October, moment? I think. Well, look, fifth of October. Look, yeah. if we, uh, if you or anyone else that's participating, it would like to write up a short report for yep. our blog. We'll well, our we would really love that. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Caroline, Arlo and myself are travelling at the moment just for a little bit of time and we'll probably try to produce a couple more podcasts talking to friends and comrades about what's happening in other cities. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the, enjoyed the radio show. As Alexander leaves, I'm going to choose some music so I have dictated, dictatorial control. All right, you've been listening to Living the Dream, the podcast of the Hoo-Ha Group.
け前の夜明けは闇の中で闇の中で友よ友よ裸いの戦う炎燃やせ炎夜明けは近い